Hello and welcome to the North America Gaelic Football Podcast, the home of Gaelic football here in North America. I am your host, Gareth McAlinton, along with our co-host, Limerick's Finest, Connor Green. Before we get started, just a quick shout out to our sponsors, Masita, who have been the official sponsor of the USGA since 2017. Masita are one of Ireland's leading manufacturers of sports kits and teamware. They're 100% Irish-owned family business who are passionate and dedicated about supplying their customers with quality gear and top-class service. So if your club is interested in getting involved with Masita's teamware for the upcoming season, please reach out to us. We're happy to get you on to the right people. So let's get this get this episode kicked off, lads. So we're here with Michael. Michael, I am going to butcher your last name, so I'm going to let you take the take the rope for that. But Tom Walsh, I think that's a pretty easy one for me to you know to kick that off. Uh, lads, welcome to the show. Appreciate you taking the time uh, to meet with us this morning. Thank you, guys. Thank Thanks you both. Good morning. You guys are doing great work. Michael, do you want to confirm that last name? Yes, uh, Michael Schaefer. Schiffer, there we go. All right, that's gonna German name. just to clear, <laughs> just to clear up any you know anything that we needed to clear there. Uh, so yeah, why don't we just kick off just a little introduction to yourselves, a little bit about your journey uh, through Gaelic football and hurling the GA in general. Uh, Mike, do you want to kick us off? You bet. Thanks, Garth. So I am currently the chairman of the Southwest Division of the United States Gaelic Athletic Association. Um, I came into the sport of hurling about 12 years ago. Uh, like many homegrown players were introduced to the sport through a friend, um, thought it was probably the most incredible thing I'd ever seen and figured I had to play that. So I started playing about 12 years ago. Um, and uh, about six years ago, uh, I, with a good friend of mine, uh, co-founded uh, a hurling club here in Denver, Colorado called Regulators Hurling. Uh, so, and then probably, oh, uh, I'd say like four years ago, I got involved um, in the Southwest Division. I started out as division secretary um, and did that for a few years and then um, eventually became uh, the chairman. And I've been doing that. I'm in my fourth year um, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Obviously been through the challenges of COVID and everything else, but uh, it's been a wonderful journey. Tom, what about yourself? Good morning, lads. Um, so I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, my mother's from Tipperary. Um, so I'd go home to visit family and uh a cousin of mine played a bit of camogie for uh, Tumivara and Tipperary uh, back in the 90s. And that's where I first learned about Gaelic games at all. Um, fast forward to 2008. Um, I was out in Denver and looking for something, uh, looking for some sport to join. And um, a buddy of mine, Adam O'Leary, introduced me to the Denver Gales, um, where I played hurling initially, um, and then eventually touched a football for the first time around 30. And then after playing for a few years, I served as chair for the Denver Gales for a few years. I was the treasurer on the Southwest board for a few years, and uh, I'm now in my fourth year as treasurer of the USGAA. How, how was a little bit of background about that position because you know the USGA board members is a 
probably a little bit different than your, you know, your regional division. So how does that differ from, you know, your division role as uh, when you were with the Southwest board? Yeah, it's definitely a step up. We, you know, we meet more frequently, um, you know, just precisely because we're, we're managing, you know, basically so much of greater territory, so many more clubs than a division would. And, you know, you're managing relationships with the clubs, with the divisions, and then you also have relationships in Ireland that you're managing. You know, we get great support from from Croke Park, Department of Foreign Affairs, Mesita, you know, one of your sponsors, have been really great partners. Um, so it's just, I think it's just more, a lot more volume of work. But uh, no, it's been, it's been a really great experience. You know, I was listening to your interview with Peter Murray and he talked about, you know, not turning anyone away. And I think that's really important when you consider, you don't just need athletes to make this sport successful. You know, we need administrators, we need referees, all of that. And there's certainly a part for, for anyone to play. Um, so not just, we're not just focused on athletes. We, we definitely do need administrators and, um, and, and it's just, it's a, yeah, you know, definitely it's a commitment of time, but it's, it's well worthwhile. You said something very important there, managing relationships across the country. Cause I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's a little bit of button heads here and there, you know, meetings can get a little, uh, debate-ish if that, if that makes sense. Oh, so spirited discussion. Your... Yeah. Spirited yeah. discussion. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm sure, you know, manager relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Not, I actually haven't been to a convention yet, uh, but I heard it's like an episode of Jerry Springer. It's just, (laughs) you can sit back and relax. (laughs) So maybe not that bad at Jerry Springer, but you know, it can get a little heated sometimes. I kind of would just want to go there with a popcorn one day and sit in the back, (laughs) enjoy a weekend. Um, that'd be safest that's the safest (laughs) way no but i mean you think about you know we bring that's the one time a year that we bring all of our clubs together right and so um you know we're all in person and that's a chance for a lot of people to to raise issues that they've you know have been you know they've been discussing internally in their clubs and their divisions it's that one time per year so you know Mm -hmm. it's you know, you know, it brings a lot of pressure, I think, to a lot of people who, who are attending that have issues that they, they want to present. And you know, that's 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 our democratic process that we enjoy. Yeah. Connor, I thought I heard a rumor that the next convention was in Mexico City. Is that is there any truth in that place? <laughs> yeah. In January. Yeah, that works. I think that um, would work for everyone. Uh, but we'll we'll settle for Cancun because you know, just it's it's easier to get uh, you know get the resort going uh, that'll be that'll be something gareth Gareth is going to be the first uh the first investor in the mexico city gaelic football team there (laughs) the way he's talking about him oh Um, i I, i'm fascinated by it so can you we'll have them uh can you talk to us a bit about the southwest division like what are the big um competitions that go on every year uh the southwest division is um actually the second largest division in the united states uh, we have 13 clubs uh, in the division, uh, five in California, four in Texas, uh, two in Colorado, one in Arizona, and now recently we've just had a club join uh, from Mexico City. Uh, so uh, we've got, uh, it looks like we're, we're, we're shooting to hopefully have up to 800 players register this year uh, within our division. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of growth 
in the division, which is fantastic. The one challenge with our division um, is the uh, the geographical area that it covers. Uh, to give you some perspective, if you were to uh, the distance between our two farthest cities within the division, which would be Austin and I guess San Diego, uh, would be about oh thirteen hundred miles. Um, which I believe is about four times the distance from the top of Ireland to the bottom of Ireland. So that always makes it kind of a challenge for getting um, county or a divisional play in uh, because of the distance. Uh, we have had um, in the last few years sort of a regional tournament that we've held here in Denver um, called the Rumble in the Rockies. Um, that's had some pretty good representation uh, from the clubs. Um, we're not doing that this year, obviously, because of finals being in Denver. Um, but yeah, we uh, we do try to get that 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 competition in, but it's always a challenge. I've actually heard really good things about that tournament. Uh, it's a full thirteen aside tournament, right? It's not like a sevens, right? That's correct. We do That's have correct. yeah, we've got three uh, regulation size pitches um, that we usually host it in July. Um, it can be a, a very warm tournament at times, but uh, mm -hmm. the fields are great. Um, and there's always a great after party and uh, players seem to really enjoy it. The football or the after party? <laughs> I'd like to think both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So can you talk about um, any other big uh, tournaments, events you've got going on? Yeah, there is um, uh, the other uh, or a couple of the other big tournaments. We've got one that uh, is coming up here Memorial Day weekend. Um, and it's a very large tournament, which is held in San Diego. It's the San Diego Sevens Tournament. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have been. A lot of players have been to that tournament. Tracy Rivera founded that tournament, um, and it's been spectacular. So uh, that's always a, a good showing there with, with teams from all over the country coming to compete. Um, we do have some Texas Championship tournaments that go on down in Texas um, that have a good representation there. Um, and a new tournament that has come on just in the last oh, couple years um, is what's called the Space City Scramble, uh, which is down outside of Houston. So um, those are some of the major tournaments. We actually have some smaller ones that, that pop up here and there. Um, we're actually going to uh, uh, play in Albuquerque here in a couple of weeks. Uh, there's an Irish festival there, and I know that Arizona and Denver um, and my club, the regulators, are going down there uh, to play and put on put on a good showing for those folks down in Albuquerque. So, and who knows, maybe that will spur the uh, development of of a club down there. We we used to have one a while back ago, and we'd sure like to get uh, some representation in New Mexico also. And then, is that all men's tournament, or is that a mix of men, ladies, youth, or is that just men's? Well, the one where the Space City Scramble is was in tight. I think they were intending, they've been intending to be ladies focused, um, yeah. you know, which is great because there aren't too many, I think, tournaments around the country that are focused on ladies football. Um, so that's, you know, that's an important, I think, for the, for the growth of ladies football, you know, tournaments like that are, um, you know, they're really important to be supported by, you know, by, by the clubs, by, you know, any, any resources we can do to, to support those types of tournaments is great for the growth of the game. Yeah. And how does the youth system look in your division as well? So I know obviously up in the Northeast, 
uh, you know, with a number of youth clubs up around this area. Uh, how's the how's the Southwest Division looking for youth teams and camps, etc.? Well, we do have a a, a growing youth program uh, that's being spearheaded by the Denver Gales uh, here in Denver. Uh, that program continues to grow every year. Um, Tommy might. I'm not sure how many youth they have signed up this year, but uh, it's looking pretty impressive, headed up by a gentleman named John Slattery. Um, I do know there's also a youth program uh, in California, I believe. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if there's one in Texas. Uh, I don't get too much involved in that, but maybe, Tom, you know a little bit more than I do. And I, I think maybe Austin might have a little bit of a youth program. Um, I mean, ours in Denver – um, ours in Denver kind of, you know, went from zero to, to 40, 50 kids three years ago. Um, and, you know, part of that is you know, people of my generation. So I have two boys who are seven. Um, it was their birthday this week. So happy birthday, Ryan and Patrick. Happy birthday, um, <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, they, you know, they've started playing and, you know, a lot of the guys I played with, they have kids about the same age. So that was really a great, you know, a great base of kids to start with. And then you have someone who's, you know, evangelical about the sports, like, like John Slattery is bad. And, you know, we have them in all our communities, right? There's somebody who, who's just passionate about the games, wants to show it off, wants to bring people into the, into the organization. Um, and that's been a, it's, it's been a huge, huge support for, for getting youth off the ground again in Denver. Cause we, we went probably about 12, 15 years without a, um, a youth program, um, you know, which is a shame because the, the guys that were in our, our Denver youth program back in the day, um, a few of them, like one is, uh, you know, Shane O'Neill, who now plays for Toronto and MLS. Um, his brother Darrow was the punter for University of Colorado. Um, Woody Kincaid is a, um, you know, he ran long, he ran, I think, 10,000 meter race in the Olympics last year. So, you know, it can be, even if you don't end up playing, you know, Gaelic football a ton when you're, when you're older, it's a tremendous, um, base to, to grow your, your, your own athletic, um, abilities as a, as a young player. Definitely. Um, yeah, I actually saw a pretty cool, uh, thing that's going on over in Ireland there. You might have seen it, Gareth. There's a fella, he was actually a, a rugby, a Irish guy, a rugby player for uh, the New England Free Jacks. They're like a newly formed um, professional team up here. And um, I think it's between him and another guy called Cahill or something is his second name, I'm pretty sure. Um, they have like a whole program going where they're coaching like Gaelic footballers to try and get them into like colleges in the US as um, mostly like field goal kickers and some punters, I think like, yeah, um, it's pretty cool. They've got like a whole, you know, um, it's it's kind of like the the uh, oh, what what do you call that thing? Um, yeah, like like, you know, it, it'll it'll track your all your stats on, of your kicks, um, you know, angles and everything like that. It's real real uh, detailed. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, I'd agree. Like Gaelic football in particular, I think uh, can really just give you a good base of like fitness and athleticism. You know, there's so much running in it, all that. Absolutely. Um, same same goes for hurling. Definitely, you know. Well, I yeah. think in the in the summer, you know, our our season is pretty much the summer. So a lot of these like high school kids and college kids, they'll play their sports, you know, uh, the fall like September through maybe May, uh, but then after that they're done for the summer. 
So, yeah. you know, Gaelic football on hurling, you know, is that kind of like, hey, I can stay fit by playing Gaelic football, learn a new sport, and then maybe go to college. But then after college, you know, if they're not playing another sport, a lot of the times they come out and they're maybe playing like a pickup soccer once a week and, you know, maybe pick up basketball, but they're not really like involved with the club. There's nothing really there for them. You know, Gaelic football has that, you know, in my opinion, not level off, you know, like, like serious competition, but fun at the same time, you know? So you're getting the best of both worlds where, you know, I'm, I'm part of something that's good fun, good, but when I'm playing, I still like to be like, pretty competitive and I still want to win. Right. So that's where I think Gaelic football and Hurling has the opportunity. So if we can get into these schools, you know, at a, you know, teenage, like even, even younger, you know, but that, you know, 10 to 13, we can get in there to the schools and get them a couple of years because it is, it's, it's a few years for them to get the sport. You know, yeah. it's, you know, it it's, you know, you almost have your introductory season where you're just, you know, playing a couple of games. You know, some people might pick it up quicker than others, especially hurling. Hurling is very tedious. You know, it, it can be very frustrating for a hurler. And Mike, you're a hurler, so you probably experience <laughs> some of the same thing. But you walk into a practice as a new player and you see everybody like picking the ball up or you're doing a drill. And you're that one person slowing it down, like what that does to your confidence, you know, or playing a game and you're, you know, struggling to get the ball up a couple of times. It takes time, you know, it it really does take time. Football, on the other hand, I think it's a little different. You know, it's, you know, you can walk in a little quicker. It's still, yes, the the skill, you know, the skill comes over the time, the reading of the game comes over time. Uh, But, you know, it's a long-term commitment. It's not just walk in. You know, it's very rare for we have any players walk in and they're shown like, you know, they're yeah. With with hurling, like you you'd have you'd say your first year playing hurling is nearly always just you know try to find your feet. You know, football you yeah. have a chance of like being a decent player in the first year. I would say yeah. Um, you know, another one of the guys from our club, Shay Shay Dunn, has said that uh, that to get more hurlers, right? We had a lot of Ameri- we have a lot of Americans in my club. And they were very interested in the hurling. And, you know, when, when football was a little bit down, um, you know, you get more, we try to get more of the hurlers to step in and, and try football, give it a try. Right. And Shay Dunn from our club had some and good, good, good observation that I think it's true that if you're a new, if you're new to hurling, it's beneficial to also learn Gaelic football as well, because you can watch the game develop more more easily it it takes a little plays take a little bit longer to develop in football than in hurling when you're just you know bashing the slitter down the field um it's it's uh i i i subscribe to that observation as uh, wholeheartedly um i think that's it's a that's a great way to 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 get hurlers into football it'll make them a better hurler oh both sides you know whether you're football to hurling or hurling to football it's the same field it's the same positions, you know, it's, it's reading the game in pretty much the exact same way. Only yeah. it's your big ball versus your small ball. Make sure you're that's eyesight way, is on I, point. That's part of why, why I think it's great for clubs to have both sports. You know, I think uh, like, like how many, you know, we've, we've had great success in our club of um, people trying out football and then they end up loving hurling, like, you know, or vice versa, you know, it's happened with a few, a few, you know, a few of the guys there, they would have never tried hurling. Like I said, they would have looked at it and said, Jesus, you know, not, <laughs> not me, you know, um, yeah. 
So, you know, just to get different people in the door, I think it's, yeah. it's great for clubs if you, if you, if you got both going on. Yeah. I was just going to mention another, I think, uh, breeding ground for, for, for new players, um, that is turning out well for, for my club is, is really tapping into the collegiate clubs. Um, you know, the NCGAA is growing. We actually have a, a club up in Boulder, Colorado, uh, for, uh, Colorado university. Um, and so you get a lot of good young players that maybe discover the sport for the first time in college. Um, and then when they graduate, you know, they want to continue with that and they want to keep growing. And so, uh, I know that my club has has gained a few players um, that have graduated from CU or are now alumni of that program, um, and they come in and and they know and they already know the game, you know. Um, so there's definitely a, a resource there, I think, for clubs to tap when it comes to growing growing their own clubs. Yeah, definitely. No, I think it would be great to CGA tap into more high schools and colleges and all that because you know I think I think it it just takes a few usually, doesn't it? It's it's hard to. You know, if you've got it going on at a few schools, a few uh, colleges, you know, um, next thing you know, they can play games against each other and all that, you know, I feel like it's easier to grow then. And the games are so important. You know, you can practice all day, you know, yeah. but if you don't have games to look forward to. But yeah, know, that's it. It's, point... it's, it's the trips. It's the trips away, you know, getting to know people and all that. That's that's where you really, um, you know. Didn't get, I see Colorado was at the, well, weren't they at the... Uh, the collegial games in Kentucky, they were. Yep, yeah, how did they do? They ended up winning the shield match for hurling. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the was that? Wears always good. Yeah. Was that uh, ladies or men or coed? Coed. Coed. Right. I mean, in in yeah, because I know you call it. has to be coed. Yeah. Because I know UConn usually has send a team down every year. Um, mm -hmm. we had a couple of people that actually came through the Yukon system, uh, yeah. that place. Yeah, we've had, off. we've had a handful of players over the years on the, on the hurling. No, uh, we played against Yukon a few times before in scrimmages. Yeah, they seem like they have a good time. Mm -hmm. Big, uh, big group of guys and girls. Like we almost, maybe I would, I would say we'd be almost half, half and half sometimes. Um, that's brilliant. So. Yeah. That college period can be a period where you, where you lose, you know, the players in your youth, right? There can be that disconnect between, you know, they've played youth growing up, then they go to a college where there isn't um, Gaelic games. And then, you know, maybe they'll they'll return to it later after college. Um, so that's one of the focuses, I think, of, of our organization, just development, just keeping that link between the youth to adult. Um, you know, you had, you had Robbie Croft on the other, the other week. I think he was talking about one of the clubs where they, they had a youth program and the, the players, as, as they age, they, they formed their own junior club in the Northeast. And that's a great example. Um, and then, yeah, I think you chatted with Bernie and John a little bit and, and uh, Robbie about the, um, the junior all Ireland team. Um, you know, I, I think that's going to be another great opportunity to attract, um, you know, people in that 18 to 24 age group to the games and keep them engaged. Um, that's yeah. no, no, nothing I would have ever expected growing up. And I, I, I'm sure that'd be a, a powerful motivator for, for any young, young player. Oh, well, free trip to Ireland to go play football and go yeah. see, you know, it's, Hey, who wouldn't be all over that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, uh, 
I'm Connor's technically American born. You could probably qualify for it, right, Connor? I don't know <laughs> if I can, but yeah. uh yeah, maybe that's maybe that's a topic we'll bring up in the next uh yeah. in, uh we'll bring that conversation up to somebody else. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. <laughs> not me, uh, not the treasurer. So, <laughs> so if you guys had any advice for somebody maybe coming in looking to get involved, whether to start a team, uh maybe they're looking to join a club. Uh, you know, have you any advice for them? Uh, where they can go, who they can reach out to uh, for uh, looking to get involved. Well, I know. That- yeah, I mean, I think like 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 Michael said, um, every like I think Michael exam- Michael his example of how he came into the sport is is typical of so many Americans. It's you a friend brings you in, introduces to you know, it's it's not so much like the broad marketing campaign so much. It's really about just making personal connections with people and, and inviting them in. Um, and then USGAA has resources. Robbie, um, the games development officer, he had chatted with the other week. I mean, he spends countless hours um, helping new clubs find their way and providing them with support um, and, and guiding them through the process. Um, and then, yeah, as you as you get into it, you get you know maybe on, on a club nearby or your or your division is able to offer assistance as well as helping you navigating this organization. Yeah. And I think as someone who founded a club, um, you know, we, uh, you know, it looks like we're going to register close 30 players this year and we've only been around for what, five, six years. And um, so, and a lot of it I think has to come down with just having fun. Right. I mean, that's a big reason why all our players come out is yeah, they, they want, play a sport they want the exercise but at the end of the day they also want to be part of something the camaraderie and the fun so we do a lot of social events um not just play and practice um and where all the lads get to really know each other and i think that if you kind of surveyed a lot of our our players um you know we've got kind of a family where they're all you know real close friends now i mean we attend each other's weddings and and uh you know birthday bapt- or baptisms, you know, we've got lads that are having kids for the first time. And, and so it's that real camaraderie that I think keeps the players coming back once you recruit them. Right. I think you brought up two good points there. Um, a few good points, but two, I wanted to touch on the community aspect. We talk about this a lot on the, on the show and it's, you know, it's getting involved with a community of people, you know, who's, you know, some of them has Irish background, great. Some of them are from Ireland. Some of them might not even have an Irish background. But it's just getting involved with a sporting group where, you know what, in the weekends after a game, I can go have a couple of pints. Or, you know, hey, I'm going go to a, gonna go to a game, a football game. Who wants to go? And, like, it's it's that real group setting uh, that people, especially from COVID a couple of years ago, we're all looking to kind of get back into that, you know, the group setting, the the team setting, being involved with something that's pretty cool, pretty pretty unique. Uh, and then the second part you touched on, you know, it's much of the crack and anything, right? It's all about being with the guys and the girls. You know, I think uh, I think I may have to get on to John Young about uh, one of his <laughs> sayings. I'm gonna have to make a T-shirt on it. Twenty five percent ball, seventy five percent crack. <laughs> yeah. you no, know, I think that would make a great T-shirt. So, John, I'll uh, I'll make sure I CC you on this. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll work on something there. But getting like, uh, you know, I, and we'll do a copyright, make sure that nobody takes your idea, John. So we'll, uh, <laughs> but I think that would make a great t-shirt though, lads. 
Oh, Michael, uh, I don't suppose you were out at the Knees That Crack tournament by any chance? I absolutely was, yeah. yes. That was uh, – really enjoyed my time playing in that tournament, although it, it did take my body a, a few days to recover from it. Um, but, yeah, that was that was a yeah. crack for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, my father was actually out at that, uh, 64 years of age. Definitely uh, up there with the oldest of them there, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm Mike, were you, were you the, were you the fella that got sent off for a headbutton? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez, nice. <laughs> no, it's great to see things like that going on, you know. Definitely, uh, definitely, we, we can do a little more to have more things going on, you know, to see something different like that. You know, Las Vegas for an over 40s hurling tournament, like, I, you know, I never would have thought you'd see the day where you see something like that happen. And two, it was a it was a more, fundraising tournament for the you know for the college team. So it went to a good cause. You know, it's the old guys supporting the young, supporting the youth. So good cause. I know they're definitely yeah. they've already started plans for next year, and uh, I definitely plan to be there because I don't know how many more tournaments I'll be able to play in. Although your father is definitely setting a strong precedence there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Example to everyone there. I think uh, more masters style tournaments would be a huge hit <laughs> yeah. you know they actually remember, have them at home so they actually remember, have the county master teams where they actually play in like the reserve like the junior uh, leagues at home yeah. and it's absolutely hilarious the boys are brilliant crack, but they've been playing together for years yeah. so but they'll they'll only play like championship they'll not play like the league uh but more masters tournaments and you know get because we are getting to a stage now where some of those you know guys who's run the club you know you you want to have something for them to look forward to as well because you don't want to lose them out because ah well the team's just getting younger and I have no interest in coaching, you know if you've got two tournaments a year to keep them involved, you know that would be in my opinion sufficient to keep lads involved and in with a group and keep them in for like maybe then an administrative role that might be a little bit more interested in that because they have something to play for, and mm -hmm. uh, so that could be something you know. Garrett, do you remember i don't suppose you remember on sky sports when they used to have the masters uh soccer on that and i remember like a lot of a lot of young kids we used to love watching it and they stopped yeah. they stopped doing it like and a bunch of young kids were all we were all complaining that they didn't have it on anymore <laughs> i was thinking like you know there could be almost a market for like masters uh hurling or gaelic football like you know i'd, I'd say a lot, a lot of people would love to watch especially like masters. hurling like you know it's a bit of a different oh. different type of game i'm sure you know more uh physicality oh. and all that i'm pulling and dragging i'm sure so at the very Mike, least it's a good Mike, was that you? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I heard. I heard there was some shenanigans going on there. All right, moves, but I'll tell you, I, I definitely came back, learned a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, was that you? Got sent off in the first game for headbutton, or was that somebody else? <laughs> the, it was a rumor. It was a, there was rumors flying around. So and it was it was co-ed too, right? Um, slightly anyway, I think. Slightly, there there may have been a couple ladies out there. Yes, there were a couple. Yes. Yeah, we heard uh, we heard a, oh. a story from someone who was at the tournament. No, we won't mention names. No, that uh, there was a bit of fisticuffs with a married couple. He had. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he had the deal. He was he was getting a bit of rough and rowdy with uh with the husband, so the wife had to step in. <laughs> and they were, oh. they were, 
<laughs> I didn't, I didn't know where that story was going. <laughs> yeah, not, not that kind of story, but okay, uh, right. uh, the wife stepped in and had to do a little bit of wrestling, you know, just to, you know, show him who was boss. Uh, but we'll not name no lame, uh, no lames, uh, so no, no names. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I heard great things about the tournament. And uh, again, more like that would be, and that's the thing, like yeah, the boys have memories there and the girls have memories for years. Like there's a story that we'll be talking about for years and he'll probably get a load of shit for, for a few years. But those are the memories that I'll remember and I'll keep them coming back every year. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't know if you noticed, uh, but probably the biggest instigator that entire day was little five foot six Steve Power, who's our ref coordinator. <laughs> well, he was probably the one that was throwing the headbutts. There was somebody out there that was just oh yeah, out. somebody in the first Steve. game just threw a headbutt and it was like right sent yeah. off first game, <laughs> like the first five ten minutes. Obviously, he didn't want to play or he was hung over oh, or something. He was like, "Fuck the, this!" Wanted to go back to the casino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so smart smart man so we've got the nationals in denver this year is that right that's right four months our, uh, less than four months how are preparations for that going going well um you know we've we've got a local host committee right michael said earlier we've got a, a large division we stretch from california to texas um, so we've got a, a, a good local host committee here, um, few members and former members of my club. Um, you know, definitely one of the positive things of hosting it is it's, it's brought some, some former players back into the fold and get them involved with the sport and the club. So that's been great to see. Um, and then Michael and the Southwest division have been great support as well. Um, you know, taking the lead on the PR piece, um, you know, it really helps us out in cutting down on, you know, it, it, it's certainly a role that's, it's very important, you know, communicating out to the world um, what's going on. Um, but it also isn't a distraction for us that, you know, we can make sure we get, um, you know, get the facilities created and sorted out for, for a great tournament. Yeah. Now you guys have, Denver has held a nationals before, right? Were you guys involved with that? No, that's before I was involved. Uh, that was in 2004. Um, but thankfully, some of the, the guys that were that were organizing it back in 04 are, are still involved. Um, so they can, I think it was a bit smaller tournament back in 2004. Right. Um, you know, there's just been so much growth across the country. It's um, going to be in uh, Boulder, Colorado. Am I right in saying that? Or is it near Boulder? Or near boulder so oh, long right. longmont um yeah. and um so yeah longmont will be about 40 minutes north of of denver um you know it'd be similar to you know the distance from from chicago gaelic park to chicago or or canton to boston yeah. um and yeah the, i think the idea is we're going to have i think most of the hotels are in between the fields and the city um you know, really just trying to create a great experience, show off yeah. Colorado um, and the Southwest. We were actually that's laughing. Cool. I'm, I'm actually thinking about the, the Denver Gales jersey there. Um, it's, that's, yeah. Is that the jersey behind you there, Gareth, as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I made sure um, that's up behind me. No, we were laughing. There's a fellow. You might have seen him online there, uh, social media. He's got a social media page, Junior B Things. He's pretty. He's got some funny enough um, social media content. Um, yeah. But he 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 was doing like um, 
uh, like a, a jersey competition or something. I think he was trying on a bunch of different jerseys. And he had the Denver one. He was like, oh, Denver, Colorado. You know, he, he, he mustn't know anything about, uh, you know, Denver. Colorado. You know, he said, oh, there must be like mountains oh, or something. He said, there must be mountains or something there. I, I guess, you know, he had no idea. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. What would you yeah, say is going to be the biggest challenge for you guys? Because uh, obviously the last time you held Nationals, um, 2004, you know, there's been serious growth you know, and especially in the junior divisions. Uh, and then obviously we've seen, you know, last year in Chicago, the amount of people, the amount of divisions, codes, you know, there's thousands of people coming in, you know. Yeah. How, like, yeah. you know, airport travel, you know, shuttle buses, hotels. Like, I don't even want to know what else is in that. Uh, my head's spinning even thinking about what those meetings are like. Uh, but what is the big challenges you're facing right now? Uh, I mean, you know, you so you look the last two years, you know, we've, we've been in, we were in Boston in, in 2021, we were in Chicago last year and, and they've got tremendous facilities. We basically have to replicate a Gaelic park or a Irish cultural center, um, in Longmont. So building the, the infrastructure to have that, to, to have registration set up, to have food and, you know, most importantly, the bar, you know, it's. It's uh, that's, you know, we spend a lot of time making sure that, that everyone's going to have a great experience as a, as a great time to relax and watch the games. Um, I think one of the benefits of, of how the fields are laid out is you'll basically be able to see every single field from multiple vantage points. Oh. So if you, so yeah, you're, you want to see two different games going on at the same time. It's, it's going to be a great, great experience for the viewer. Yeah, and to get people excited. I'm curious I mean, to see what the uh, scenery is going to be like. We've got some really nice photos of the complex um, on the division's website, which is swusgaa.com. And I really encourage people to go check out those photos because I think that'll really get you excited to once you see the complex and you see the quality of the fields and the mountains in the backdrop, you're going to want to come and play. Very cool. And it's five all-grass fields, so... Uh, I think sometimes pe people people feel, you know, it's it's you know again in fairness it's very difficult to find five fields, five GAA fields in any metro American city. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a difficult, yeah. very difficult task. Um, but we're you know we're really excited. We're able to to make sure every player gets to play on grass. Nice. All right. Um, uh, you might have seen. So um, you might have seen we talked about it with Bernie Connington actually for a minute. Um, do you think high altitudes will play a role there? Are uh, people going to be sucking, sucking wind a little more out there? Do you think? Or nah, no problem. It'll be all right. Just yeah. No, I hear uh, them talking about it in the NFL, don't they? You know, with the with the field oh, goal yeah. kicks. You know, with the altitudes. Um, we're here. We're here wondering if uh, if we need to be shooting for points from further out, maybe or something like that. Yeah, you might get a little bit of distance. I'd say, uh, you know, that that would definitely be true. I'm sure, Michael. Maybe we could, uh, maybe we could get a humidor yeah. like the Rockies do to make sure the ball doesn't fly as far, right? Because everything kind of dries out up here at altitude, and that's part of the reason. Don't, don't be doing that. Way. Highly advise not. <laughs> yeah, the the, the lads. I, in Mexico if I want to kick the ball over, they're actually coming down in altitude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're like seven thousand seventy five hundred feet in Mexico yep. City. So yeah, it'll be they'll be running Roll laps up. around us. Yeah. Um, but, so question. Uh, yeah. So go ahead. Just quick question. So 
Chicago, obviously, you had your two airports, right? So you could have flew flew into oh, yeah. like O'Hare, or you could have flew into Midway, which was kind of yeah. a two. Is that a similar thing for you guys? Is there, or is it just one airport? Yeah, it's pretty much just Denver Airport. There's there's two other airports, but like Colorado Springs is going to be at least two hours away from where you need to be. So don't don't look at Colorado Springs. Uh, Denver is going to be your primary airport. And then, yeah, the hotels, they should probably be in the Westminster, Broomfield area for the most part. Maybe a few in Longmont as well, near the fields. Yeah, that, and that should be about 20, 30-minute drive to the hotels, except for maybe, yeah, the ones from Longmont might be a little further from the airport. But one of the great things about being out west is I think the speed limit from the airport up to Longmont, 75 miles an hour. So have at it. <laughs> nice. Not not quite like the Audubon, but pretty close, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch, watch out for the tumbleweeds, though. But uh, do you know how many teams or players you're expecting to have out to um, the Nationals this year? Uh, we should find out for sure in June. But um, it just, I think there's a lot of interest. Um, you know, partially, partially because it's it's a new place, right? Um, again, great facilities, great experience in Philly, Chicago, Boston, San Francisco. Um, I, I love the chance to go back to Philly as, as much as possible. So, uh, but I think people are always, you know, it's, it's like, Oh, okay, we're, we're going to go to DC. We're going to go to Seattle. It's a, it's a new experience. It gets people excited. Yeah. yeah no, it's definitely, um, definitely an exciting venue for sure. Yep. Yeah. I think you have a lot more, like, especially in the bigger divisions, a lot more people, because a lot of them are used to going to the Chicago's and the San Francisco, the Philadelphia, but when it's in a city, like, Denver is like, well, hold on a second. Like we, we don't, we don't know when we're going to be back here. So let's, you know, let's t- let's kill two birds with one stone, you know, and just let's go out for a good time and let's play a bit of Gaelic and hurling at the same time. So I think you might have a lot more people interested in actually just because of the destination. Uh, and Denver is such a fun city. Like I've actually yeah. my, my brother-in-law is from that area, and you know he's nothing but great things to say. But a lot of bachelor parties, bachelorette parties there. Uh, it's a fun destination place. I mean, Cancun might beat it. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, sorry, lads. I know, uh, I know you're going to be biased there, but I'm all on the Cancun or Mexico City train right now. So, uh, you know, maybe a Nashville comes in on a close, you know, second or third, but Denver's definitely up there. So I think you're going to have a lot of people interested with this one. I think it's going to be a great turnout. I mean, Chicago had how many people last year? I mean, it had to be a couple of thousand. It was they, they broke the record anyway. It was the biggest. Uh, it was the biggest nationals. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this year was even bigger. By the sounds of it, it was. I got a lot of experience putting on registration wristbands as an expert. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was. Yeah, and fair play. I mean, to to even the volunteers, especially the volunteers in Chicago, right? Because we started games on the Saturday at seven a.m. Right? They had volunteers out there, lining the fields, doing the buses, um, all of that all that logistical work that, that, um, that's so important and, and, you know, sometimes doesn't get the recognition it deserves, but, you know, just being able to, to adjust to that is, you know, it's a great challenge. That's, that's actually a good, uh, good thing to bring up. So obviously Chicago and Boston have like obviously huge Gila communities, you know, where, you know, 
not to be disrespectful, but Denver isn't to the same level as like involvement with Gaelic, right? Because you guys are so spread out. You know, we're here, we're very like condensed, right? Mm-hmm. So Chicago, everybody's playing pretty much in Gaelic Park, Chicago. A lot of teams okay. are playing in Boston. So for you guys getting volunteers, especially for an event that's probably going to be even bigger than Chicago, how how much of a challenge is it for you guys to get volunteers uh, being, you know, so far apart from each other? Um, I, I mean, it's like anything. We have we have multiple Irish organizations in town, Irish Network Colorado, um, the Emerald Society, um that we've partnered with that'll be a great base um you know we've we've had irish in this in this state since the 1800s a great mining tradition up in in leadville which is something you know worth learning about but you know we can definitely grow on uh rely on our 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 partners in the other irish organizations as well as other organizations around um around town um just because it is a new event it's a unique event right so that we don't have that large base of, of Irish groups that maybe some of the other cities have is it's a unique and, you know, Irish people, Irish organizations are generally well regarded in this country. Um, and people are very, very willing to help and support to, you know, you know, make sure that, that our state looks good. And the one thing we do have so every year, we've got a, a, you know, we've got a lot of young outdoor athletic minded people that live in Colorado and I think that, you know, there'll be opportunities yeah. we'll be, you know, tapping volunteers where, you know, they may be coming out and seeing Gaelic games for the first time, but they want to help. They want to see this. They want to see it happen. They want to be outside. They want to be a part of it. Um, and and that will be a great opportunity for us to continue to grow, you know, our clubs here in the state as we bring out these volunteers that, like I said, may be seeing Gaelic games for the first time. Yeah, I mean, you could talk, you could talk to people until you're blue in the face about Gaelic football or hurling, yeah. but until they see it, you know, that's when it starts to kick. You know, you can describe the, you can describe Gaelic football in the best way possible, but until you see it or even participate in the training, that's when you get hooked. You know, yeah. that's when you get people in. It's like, oh, this is what it is. Okay, you know, now it's starting to make sense. Every year, every club, there, uh, every location has its own specific jersey. Has Denver got a 2023 Nationals jersey settled yet? So we we've got a few jerseys for that are I think for our club, um, but Michael can weigh in on. So we have we have clubs. So we'll have at the tournament we're going to have um, hurling, men's football, ladies football, camogie, and so each of those will have their own specific tournament jersey. Um, and then as far as the division, Michael. I believe that's something that uh, Mesita does uh, as part of their uh, arrangement with the USGAA. So I, I'm sure that they're um, in the process of designing something and bringing out uh, some merchandise that can be sold that will be that sort of iconic uh, jersey representing, you know, Colorado and, and finals being held in Colorado. Yeah, because they had one last year for Chicago that was beautiful. Like every year yeah. they have a different USGA jersey that comes out and them things sell like hotcakes at um, at Nationals. People, I, I feel like the American kids love merchandise. They love getting the jerseys they'll, and they'll, they'll wear it everywhere. They love it. Yeah. Like we have a couple of we have a couple of uh, American kids in our team that wears Connor's club at home. Uh, his whole club is it Bally uh, Bally Bricken? 
Buddy Bricken, yeah, yeah. He was just talking about planning out his trip to Ireland. There, it's uh, Kirby's bars are local. He's like, oh, the places I want to go to in Ireland, Kirby's bar, number one, you know. He says, <laughs> but so. all all because they just they love the merchandise, they love the Gaelic yeah. shirts and the you know and the three quarter zip shirts and you know. Maybe not so much the skinny pants, you know. Uh, that really hasn't <laughs> yeah. that hasn't really broke yeah. into the American yeah. market yet. Yeah. You know, it's still uh, Irish. I don't think shorts. it ever will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the short shorts are fine. You know, what I mean, but it's it's the skinny pants. You know, I just yeah. I just I don't think there's a market yet for the US. Maybe you know, you know, maybe maybe you'll uh, maybe they'll reconsider. So, Mike, you actually just talked a little bit about. Um, where people can find out more information about the tournament. Can you just touch base on that a little more where people can, you know, about the location, about the fields uh, and upcoming information as well? Yeah, so we have a, a website um, that has recently uh, been built. Uh, we're super proud of it. Um, it's SWUSGAA.com for the Southwest Division. Um, there's a whole section there that's being built out with regards to finals, um, which will be sort of your central point of information on all things finals. Um, and uh, we've got some uh, good press kit information that'll be coming up in the in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there'll be links to uh, we we've actually are working with a, a company that's actually based here in Denver that has just a real state of the art online registration system. Um, which we'll be utilizing, and, and those links will be coming up relatively soon that will allow clubs and players to actually register pretty early and maybe even see some price incentives uh, by doing so. Um, and uh, they'll and be just to clarify, that's registration of tickets. Correct. Tickets. That's not for. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Registering for tickets. Um, that's <laughs> what I'll speak to. I won't speak to the USDAA part. Um, there'll be links to volunteer to sign up to volunteer. Um, a lot of tips will be on there for players that are maybe coming to Colorado to play for the first time. Um, stressing the importance of drinking water, uh, bringing sunscreen, <laughs> things like that. Um, for players that may not be used to playing at altitude, so definitely encourage people to check it out. Well, I want to thank uh, Michael and Tom for coming on. It was great to meet you guys. Um, thanks to our sp sponsor, Mesita. And thanks to everyone who's listening out there. If you like this episode, please do us a favor and uh, like, share, subscribe, whatever you can do. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks. And we'll catch you next time. Lads, thanks for having me. Thanks, guys.